athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think, I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. You got it locked to the dopest show on radio. This is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. A lot to get to on today's program. Plenty of National Football League talk as we're four games through the season. A little less than a quarter of the season now. Of course, 17 games being played opposed to 16. And You know, I, I, I'm looking at some of the teams and some of them are playing well. Others are not playing as well. So we're going to talk about all of that today. Joining me today, actor Michael Ealy going to join us on the program. I mean, you know Michael Ealy from movies such as Barbershop, Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man 2, The Intruder, The Perfect Guy. His current project, Reasonable Doubt, is on Hulu right now. As a matter of fact, Michael Ealy and I uh, were a year apart uh, in high school. So he was Springbrook High School, class of 91. I was class of 92. And so we, we've had Michael. I say we had Michael on the program maybe about maybe six, seven, eight years ago or something like that. So it's going to be great to catch up with him, talk about reasonable doubt, talk about a lot of different things. And, by the way, we have a new, a new segment here on the program called Celebrity Guest Picker. Right. So when we have someone like Michael Ely or whomever, they will pick football games for us in the department of the National Football League, FBS football and then HBCU football. So a couple of games in those three categories. And so uh, Michael Ely going to be our celebrity guest picker today here on the program. I look across the landscape of the National Football League. And I got to be honest with you. When I look at the LA Rams, one word comes to mind when I think about the LA Rams. And that one word is Fugazi. Uh, You talk about the Rams being the defending champs. The Rams haven't gotten over the Super Bowl celebration. I think it was a ring ceremony that took place first game of the season. The Rams are still not past that. Haven't played well, haven't played particularly well uh, this year. When you look at, you know, Matthew Stafford, he's made quite a bit uh, of uh, quite, uh, he's made a lot of mistakes, he's thrown some interceptions this year. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to put it all on him. I mean, you've got the new receiver. I mean, it seemed like when you were talking about the Rams that not to say that the Rams could would would repeat, as Super Bowl champions because it's very, very difficult to do that. But I thought they would be a little bit more competitive. I thought 
you know, I didn't know if San Francisco was going to be down this year. Now you look at that NFC West and it's wide open. I mean, you've got a Seattle team that believes. You've got a San Francisco team uh, with Jimmy G and that defense that believes. I'm not, not, you know, I'm not sold on the Cardinals. I mean, I think the Cardinals have taken a step back. So to me, when I look at a quarter of the way through the season, two teams that have taken steps backwards, as far as I'm concerned, both are teams from the NFC West. That would be the Rams and the Cardinals. I mean, I think if there is a surprise team, which I saw this team coming, it would be the New York Giants. You know, I watched as a Commanders fan, like I watched the Giants twice a year. I, I had a chance to see them in person on last year. And I thought it was a team that if Saquon Barkley could be healthy, I like Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is a solid quarterback. I think he does some good things. I think he he, he has the ability. He's not a running quarterback, obviously, but he has the ability to pick up yards via his leg legs he's got a good arm and if his receivers could stay healthy and I think with Brian Dable as the head coach it's made a big difference for Daniel Jones and for the Giants as a whole the the Giants just weren't getting it done but that defense I think is solid Saquon Barkley is the beast that we thought he'd be the the issue with Saquon Barkley is he'd been he hadn't been healthy but he's healthy now. So when I look at that, I really like the Giants. And I think the Giants are, are a big one of the bigger surprises in the National Football League. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say the Eagles are one of the biggest surprises in the National Football League. But what I would say is that they're probably better a quarter of the way through the season than I ultimately thought that the Eagles would be. I mean, I, I I like Jalen Hurts. Like, I watch Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of guys you watch and play in college, and even though, obviously, there's a big difference between college and the National Football League, to me, I can see a lot of times, particularly from a quarterback uh, uh, perspective, if a skill set is going to transfer from college to the National Football League. If you watch Jalen Hurts play in college, right, I get it. He ultimately got benched for Tua Tungavaloa, which is a whole nother topic of conversation uh, when you're talking about the Miami Dolphins and Tungavailoa and whether he should have even been in that game. Last Thursday was a nasty hit. Uh, that, well, it wasn't even a hit. He got slung down, hit his head, and his fingers just kind of cringed up. It was, it was disturbing, to say the least. That's a whole nother thing, but... With respect to Jalen Hurts, yeah, I realize he got benched, but the year before that, either the year before that or a couple of years before that, won a national championship with the Crimson Tide. And then he goes to Oklahoma, and you could see that he had taken a a gigantic step from his time in Alabama to his time in Oklahoma. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought the guy could play, and and, uh, you look at that offense, and, you know, you add Brown to the mix of that Devontae Smith, that offensive line is solid. You look at that defense, which is tremendous. You look at former South Carolina State player uh, Javon Hargrave, who has done a really, really good job plugging that middle. He was a Pro Bowl guy last year. You've got Cox there. 
that's a good football team. I mean, I would say a quarter of the way through the season, it's the best team, I think, in the National Football League, not only because they're the only undefeated team in the National Football League, but just because they're the best team right now and playing the best football, I would say, in the National Football League. Let me switch gears, talk some HBCU football, and of course, I'm going to preview a little bit later on in the program the HBCU National Games of the Week. Notice I said Games of the Week. Big win. I mean, a big upset last week. One of the bigger up, well, the probably the biggest upset of the year. And then you look at one of the bigger upsets in a while. Lane defeated Tennessee State in overtime. That was a big win for Lane. There in Nashville, it was the John Merritt Classic, which is a big deal. It's, I believe it's the only NCAA-sanctioned classic hosted by a school. And huge win. You know, huge win for Lane. You could, you know Lane has a good team. I mean, you know, put up 42 points against Arkansas Pombla. But I just think Tennessee State is really, really struggling right now, struggling mightily, needs a win very badly. And it's not going to be any easier uh, this week playing against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, so uh, it's it's definitely, I, I, you know, last year it looked kind of promising. As a matter of fact, Tennessee State finished five and six last year, had an opportunity to have a winning uh, record, and now not so much. So we'll see. We're at about the midway point of the season, so we'll see how things really play out as the uh, season goes on. Speaking of Lane, speaking of Lane, so we had a couple of uh, HBCU players of the week as a matter of fact, and one of those players was Ike Brown, the running back for Lane. I mean, he had a a really, really good, really, really good uh, football game. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, he had 133 yards or multi-purpose yards in the football game. Uh, so, I mean, that was big. But not only that. He scored the game-tying touchdown in overtime uh, on an 11-yard run and then ran in the two-point conversion for the victory. Big win. Big-time win. Uh, uh, You look at Ike Brown, one of the HBCU National Players of the Week. This kid was the in 2019 was the Louisiana Offensive Player of the Year at Calvary Baptist Academy. Last year was the SIAC's uh, freshman or rookie of freshman of the year and then was 2021 first team all SIAC and again that was as a freshman another HBCU national player of the week Donovan Eglin the running back from Alabama A&M had 190 yards rushing had two touchdowns rushing also caught another touchdown in Alabama A&M's victory last week over Bethune-Cookman. Finally, Fayetteville State's defensive end, Cameron Morrell, had three sacks uh, in the victory over Shawan. Three tackles for loss. He had 12 total tackles and eight, uh, eight solos out of that and then had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Had a really, really good game for Fayetteville State and Fayetteville State's victory over uh, Shawan. So those are your three HBCU national players 
of the week. And you can read more about those players on our website at BoxToRow.com. Still to come here on Box to Row, my thoughts on the HBCU National Games of the Week. Going to preview those games. Going to tell you what those games are. That's coming up a little bit later on in the program. But up next, we're going to be joined by actor Michael Ely. Going to join us on the program. We're going to talk about his new project, Reasonable Doubt. We're also going to talk with him. He's going to pick three, no, six games. He's going to pick six games, three different categories, two from the National Football League, two from FBS, and two from HBCUs. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as Box to Row rolls on. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. One track mind. Let's continue here on the program. We're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact. You've seen him in such movies as Barbershop, Think Like a Man to the Intruder, Perfect Guy. He's got a new project, Reasonable Reasonable Doubt, on Hulu right now, as a matter of fact. He's from my hometown, Silver Spring, Maryland. He is Michael Ely, joins us here on the program. Good to see you, Mike. What's going on? I'm good, brother. How you doing, man? I can't complain. I, I can't complain. You know, let, let me start here. The, the, you know, I got this shirt on. Um, yeah. And we're not doing too good, man. Like one in three to start the season. Uh, your thoughts on the way that the commanders now commanders are playing. Um, 
you know, it's, it all starts at the top. Okay. (laughs) You know, I think this is a, this is a slippery slope, but you know, it, 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 we've, we've had 30 years of, of uh, issues and it all starts at the top. So, uh, I, you know, something's got to, something's got to change. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, right? Like the, the, you know, losing to the Cowboys, getting blown out by the Eagles. Your thought, wait, 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 let me, let me, it's been some years. So your thoughts on the name change to ultimately now commanders. I, I, I don't like the new name. Um, it was definitely time to change the name, but I don't like the new name. And, you know, it's, it's, again, you know, <laughs> it's You're struggling, um, man. You're struggling. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, look, I grew up, I grew up and it was in my blood, right? Like, and at a certain point, and I've had this conversation with other people, like at a certain point, we as fans have to demand better. And there's only one way to do that. And, you know, I'm, I no longer live in the area. So, you know, it's, it may be easier for me, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it is heartbreaking. Like my son asked me the other day, you know, like, are you still a fan? You know, and I was like, it's hard, bud, because, you know, by the time I was 10, we had won three Super Bowls, been in four, I think four by the time I was like 10 or 12 years old. So, you know, and we just had a winning culture. You know, we just had a winning culture and, you know, we, we, it was different. You know, there's just been a lot of mediocrity and a lot of bad uh, GM decisions. And, you know, that just leads to more and more problems. Uh, uh, In addition to all of the scandals and investigations and everything else, you know, and at a certain point, I think we, we as fans have to kind of uh, decide, um, or just like I said, just demand more, demand better, demand more, and you know, not kind of blindly support uh, an organization that's not representing the area. <laughs> the area, there you go. I, you know, and I'm just, I, I, like, I feel you. I'm just not, I'm just not there, Michael. I'm there for it every week, even though it was bad the week. Before. I'm just there for it every week, man. And at a certain point, that's what I'm saying. Like, because I'm not there, it's easier for me. I, I will not deny that. It's easier for me. Um, but I feel like at what point, you know, what, what is the definition of insanity? Yeah. Let that marinate. Because yeah. at a certain point, the toxicity starts to spread into the fan base. Yeah. The one and only Michael Ely joins us here on the program. So... Uh, but now your Terps, right? University of Maryland, not mm-hmm. bad. Four and one right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good about that. Look, you know, I'm. I, this is the way I am about like, like alumni sports <laughs> and like my like television projects and stuff. We got to get, we got to finish strong. You know what I mean? Starting off good is great, but you know, the effect of finishing strong and how important that is. So I'm just keep I just keep holding my breath till the end of the season for both the Terps and for for reasonable doubt. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. Mike Loxley and, and, and Mike Loxley is an area guy as the head coach. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. When you and I were growing up, the Terps, Terps football was just, it just wasn't what it was. And to be four and one right now, coming off the win against Michigan State's pretty big. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, as a Terp, you know, I was there. And when I was there, I think they, they, you know, they built onto the stadium so that they could get the bigger schools to come play and everything. And, you know, those tuition dollars went to, uh, you know, the program and, 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 and I get it, you know, um, the campus is completely different now, um, which is amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm excited with where things are going right now. I really am. I'm excited with where things are going with the university. And, um, you know, again, just holding my breath that we can sustain some of this, some of this progress. Um, because, you know, it does, it does, it, it takes a little time to get there. Obviously, it's taken, uh, I've been out of there over, geez, over 20 years now. So, you know, it's, it's, it's taken time, but uh, hopefully we can have a, a sustainably, uh, some sort of sustainable uh uh, growth as a, as a university in terms of the, you know, athletics department, for sure. No doubt about it. You know, I, I, I staying sort of with the, uh, with the DMV in the area, you know, I was talking with John Wall not that long ago. And I said to him, you know, for all the years that I lived in Washington, I never had gone to the Kenner league until I went back home this past July. I, I finally went okay. for the first time and it was really cool I, 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 I'm sure because you played, but like you played at Springbrook. I remember the 91 beating Blair to go to Blair was undefeated to go to the uh, to the regional, which was, I guess, the final four. And then ultimately lost, I think, to Parkdale, who had like Irvin Church yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. But what do you remember most about growing up and I guess specifically playing ball in the as we call it, the area? The area. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it's funny because that was. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, those are like the glory years, right? Um, and so I remember feeling like Springbrook was the pinnacle of uh, high school sports. You know, like when I got older and watched movies like Friday Night Lights, I could relate because I remember being in middle school and going to Springbrook games and feeling like one day I'm gonna play for this team. Like it was a culture, right? Like it was the culture. We had DeMatha and all the other good schools back then. And, um, you know, Springbrook was always in contention throughout uh, my middle school years and my high school years. Like Springbrook was always in contention, uh, whether it was basketball or football. And so what I remember in basketball was Blair had David Vanderpool. Remember David? Of course, yes, very so good. So here's where it gets interesting. I just ran into David down at Essence this summer. I just saw David. He we were we literally walked into each other on the hotel, in the, on, the, on the hotel elevator, and uh, we got you know he's like yo I'm gonna come see your panel and everything, and it was just so good to see him because I wasn't a, I wasn't I wasn't a starter in high school. I was like, you know, seventh man or something like that. But, uh, but uh, you know, I remember playing against David and, you know, David was a big star and I'm so happy for him because, you know, he's he's on the verge of being a head coach now. You know what I mean? He's like on that list now as a head coach and uh, in, in the NBA. And this dude has worked hard. I mean, he's been doing this so long. 
and I'm so proud of him. Um, but there's a lot of talent that came out of that, that area. And there's still more talent coming out of that area. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Look at Miles Frost who's playing MJ on Broadway. Um, my man, Laz Alonzo, who's on the boys, uh, and avatar like Regina, you know, Regina Hall, Taraji, you know, we, we just, we, I'm, I know I'm forgetting some people right now, but, uh, the area has produced its fair share of, uh, of talent, and uh, I'm I'm excited to to see where you know where the new talent is coming from. My man Jabari on uh, Bel Air, um, it is it is it's it's incredible. And now I feel like a like one of the pioneers because uh, you know I can't remember too many folks that came out of the area before me and before Taraji and before Regina. So I feel like we were kind of. Uh, kind of the pioneer, uh, the, the pioneers to, to come out of the area and, and get into this business. No doubt about it. Actor Michael Ely joins us here on the program. Reasonable doubt. Like you, you've done a bunch of stuff, man. And I got to talk with you about your career, but I want to talk about this project. Yeah. And Reasonable doubt. Tell us about it. Your role. I haven't, I, admittedly, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there, man. It's football season. Okay. I, I'm so busy. I can't, I'm going to get there though, Michael. Well, it's football season. So there's Tuesday night. Wednesday night and Friday night, right? <laughs> but man, I got so much going on. I'm just, I'm, I I'm, I'm gonna get you I'm though. I'm gonna get you there. I feel you. That the beautiful thing about it is, you know, with us being on Hulu, is that you can watch it when it's convenient for you. So uh, I think you'll like it. I think you'll dig it. Um, the character Sean Patrick Thomas is playing is uh, this guy named Braden Miller. Braden Miller who's a uh, billionaire from Southeast DC. And when I first read the script, there was a part of me that really wanted to play this dude because I was like, oh man, like he's, he's from the hometown. Like I got, I got to do this. Like this is, my dad's from Southeast DC. Like this is, this is me right here. You know, my dad went to Spingarn. So okay. it was like, it was, I ain't had no choice, right? Sure. So like, I was like, I don't know, like, you know, and they were like, no, Michael, we, we want you to play Damon. <laughs> I was like, okay, 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 cool. But I could have done that role. I could, you know, I could have done even Lewis, the husband. I think the male roles on this show are roles that, you know, brothers will get behind. I really do. And so I mean, I'm encouraging everybody to go see it. Um, I've got friends calling me who are, you know, are definitely enjoying it because it's, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's the black people we know. You know, like to me, Reasonable Doubt is set in L.A., but it feels familiar to like all my friends who are working back home in the area. Uh, you know, every major city got a clique of black folks like this. So I feel like um, it's tangible to everyone in that way. By the way, did you did your father go to school with Dave Bing? You was a lot, you know, uh, 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 Sherman, you know, Sherman Douglas and Elgin Baylor or a lot of great. Did he go to school? Wasn't that around the David Bing time? He 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 said that Dave Bing went went to his school, but he didn't. He wasn't there at the same time. Okay, they weren't there at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Talking with actor Michael Ely here on the program. Still to come, more conversation with Michael. Plus, he's got his picks for the six games. More of Box to Row after this small pause for the cause. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First. Let me take you to Petersburg, Virginia, where Virginia State was hosting Shaw in CIAA action. We're going to move 
to very early in the third quarter with Shaw leading 17 to 14 and Virginia State driving. All right, second and 10 from the Bear 39. Pistol formation, faked by Davis, throws over the middle, caught by Ray inside the 30 to the 20, bounces outside of the 10, Ray to the 5, and he's hog tied out of bounds, and he got in! Touchdown, Virginia State! From 39 yards, and Virginia State regained the lead at 21 to 17 on the ensuing possession. The Bears put their own drive together and responded. Shotgun formation. Peters back to throw, fires it over the middle, and that's caught by Elliott Dangerfield. Touchdown, Shaw. From nine yards, and the Bears regained the lead at 24 to 21. We're now going to move to late in the fourth quarter. Virginia State having to drive 90 yards and with the game on the line with this play. Fake by Davis, gonna keep it around the right side, dives for the pylon, touchdown Virginia State! That's my guy John Emmett on WVST in Petersburg. Jordan Davis's four-yard touchdown run with 12 seconds remaining proved to be the difference as the Trojans went on to defeat Shaw 28 to 24, Virginia State now moves up to number four in the HBCU Division II Coaches Poll, powered by Box to Row. On to Huntsville, Alabama, where the Alabama A&M Bulldogs looking for their first win of the season, taking on Bethune-Cookman. Let's pick things up in the third quarter with Alabama A&M leading 21 to 14, but Bethune-Cookman driving. Well, action pad looking for Avery, but now they're gonna throw to the corner. Wide open again, touchdown. Cook Marcus Riley from quarterback Jalen Jones from 14 yards out the extra point was missed and the Wildcats pulled to within 21 to 20 now let's go to late in the third quarter Alabama A&M driving still with the one-point lead Langford back he's gonna look over the middle throw down the seam he's got a crossing receiver touchdown Bulldog Cameron Young from eight yards out and the Bulldogs took the 28 to 20 lead now with about 8.20 remaining in the fourth quarter. The score still 28 to 20. Alabama A&M was looking for more. Forward pitch, they don't call it. Eglin will power into the end zone. Touchdown, Bulldogs! My man Ted Dixie on WJABFM in Huntsville. Eglin with his third touchdown of the game. Powered Alabama A&M past Bethune-Cookman. 35 to 27 for his exploits. Eglin named the HBCU National Player of the Week. Now to Bluefield, West Virginia, where Bluefield State was hosting Apprentice. Let's go to the end of the third quarter. Bluefield State is trailing 12 to seven with possession. Brian in motion, they're gonna go for it. Third and long. Down the sideline, man open. Henderson open, nothing but Bluefield air in front of him. Bye-bye, Timmy Henderson, and the Big Blue to the house. The two-point conversion was good. Big Blue led 15 to 12, but Apprentice would respond early in the fourth quarter. Tatum straight up the gut, cuts back inside. Touchdown, Builders. From one yard out, an Apprentice regained the lead at 19 to 15, ensuing possession for Bluefield State looking to regain the lead. Fourth and long, big play coming up to the end zone. Wide open, Smith at the 10, taking on home. Touchdown, State. 
48 yards out, and the Big Blue are back on top. That was Zach Helton on the Big Blue Sports Network. Bluefield State would go on to defeat Apprentice 22-19. Tune in to the weekend edition of Box to Row on a radio station near you as we'll preview the HBCU National Game of the Week, talk HBCU sports, interviews, and more. Box to Row, the radio show, airs weekly on radio stations across the country, as well as Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern, that's 3 Pacific, on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM Channel 4, and Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, on Sirius XM Channel 142, HBCU. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. Actor Michael Ely joins us here on the program. So, you know what, man? When you, Your career, and I mentioned all of the projects. I mean, I, I mentioned only a very few because, I mean, you know. I, but but let, me, let, me, let me take you back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, man. Their okay. eyes are watching God, right? Mm-hmm. When that came, and that's been, you know, in excess of 15 years ago. But I was thinking when you were doing that project as one of the stars playing mm-hmm. opposite Halle Berry, Oprah Winfrey produced it. I'm like, man, I knew that dude when he was at Springbrook. That was really big, man. Can you can you kind of speak to that? I know you had done barbershop and all that, but man, that was a that was a really big project. Yeah, it was life changing in a lot of ways. You know, um, for me at that time, you know, to be chosen like that was the thing. Like that wasn't a movie that was given to me off of the success of Barbershop. Um, I got the audition off of the success of Barbershop for sure. But I was able to, um, I had to audition for that role. And, you know, to be chosen by Oprah, Hallie, the director, Darnell, um, you know, it, it, it meant the world to me. And uh, a little known fact was um, Barry Jenkins, uh, director of Moonlight Underground Railroad, um, extraordinary, just extraordinary director, great person. He was the director's assistant on that movie. And I remember at the rap party, him coming up to me and telling me like, yo, I saw all the audition tapes and yours was the best. And I, and I, I still hold on to that to this day because, you know, there's something magical about auditioning for a role that thousands of guys have auditioned for. And then you get the part. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of subjectivity to that. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of luck involved. But when you put in the work and you go get that part, and I wanted that part so bad because I love that book so much. Um, you know, it was it was like all the stars aligned for that one. And then working with Hallie and getting to learn so much from her, um, being able to introduce my sister uh, to Oprah and watch her cry. You know, everybody cry when they meet Oprah. So it's like. <laughs> My sister, I was like, come on. Like, I was just like, come on, Kathy, come on. Um, she was like, I can't help it, it's Oprah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like being able to do that was was special, you know, and, and, and I remember like, you know, like I said, being at that premiere, like I remember Q came to that premiere and he was like, yo, I'm here to support you, bro. I was like, my man, like, it's just, I mean, it was just incredible. It was an incredible time in my career and, um, Little did I know I'd still be here like 20 years later. No doubt about it. A couple of more thoughts with 
Michael Ely. As a matter of fact, he's our guest picker today. We got a couple of questions to ask him for some football games uh, this okay. weekend. HBCU, major college football. I'm going to go with my heart, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I, I, got, I know. That's why, that's why we kind of set you up a little bit yeah. with that. Uh, he joins us here on the program. You know, you know, we're from Silver Spring, and it's a, it's a, it's a great area, a lot of diversity. Um, and it's it's superb. I just think about. I think the first time I saw you was a Wendy's. It's a Wendy's commercial, maybe early part mm. of the two thousands, or something like that. And so you know where we come from, it's, it's a lot of opportunities, no doubt. But to get to here is still, man. It's 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 different. So your thoughts on sort of how you started and then where you are now, what, what most comes to your mind when you sort of maybe reflect on your career? That's a good question. Um, I'd have to say that uh, I made some wise decisions that I didn't know um, whether or not they were wise decisions at the time. <laughs> they, they're, they're wise in hindsight, right? Um, you know, definitely coming from the area was was, you know, I mean, look, my dad didn't have an opportunity to think about being an actor. So I'm grateful that my parents put me in a position to dream. Um, secondly, when I decided to go, you know, part of the decision was being surrounded by brothers who were influenced by Spike Lee and all of his movies at the time. And, and wanted to get into filmmaking. And in working with them on a project or two, I was able to find my love of acting and find my passion for the rest of my life, right? And then three, it was going to New York to pursue my dream and not telling a soul. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't tell any of my family why I was going to New York other than my parents, because I needed them to co-sign on the apartment. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't tell them until I got to New York and was like, uh, I needed to close on an apartment. And I was like, okay, so now I gotta tell you my dream. I graduated college, which is what you asked me to do. Now I need this favor from you. I need you to support my dream. And that is help me close on this apartment. Um, and, uh, and so I was, they were able to do that. And I went to New York and I was waiting tables and I told everybody I was a substitute teacher. And, and instead of telling them I was you know, gonna be an actor or I was studying to be an actor because I didn't want anybody to look at me and think, oh, you know, this pretty, you know, he think he could just do whatever he want. And so, for me, it was important to not have any negativity around me. So I made my passions uh, a secret and kept them to myself, kept my tunnel vision and just put in the work, acting classes, internships, theater projects, all of that stuff I did. I just put in the work over the course of five years before uh, coming out to L.A. and uh, auditioning for Barbershop. So it was, you know, it was a journey, um, but it was my movement. It was my journey. And I think by keeping it that way, instead of broadcasting it, which I think is, is now the way to do it, you know, you broadcast everything via social media. Back then I was a, I was just like silent, but deadly with mine. 
You know what I mean? And that was, that's, that I, I think those were significant moves to help me get to where I was because I never had anybody doubt me because nobody knew what I was doing. <laughs> wow. Man, yeah. very, very well said. Um, so now, Michael, Michael Ely joining us here on the program again, Reasonable Doubt on Hulu now. So he's our celebrity guest picker today. All okay. right. So let's right. let's start with Maryland versus. I mean, this is. A, but I'm just saying it's Terps. a setup, right? Maryland Terps, versus. No matter Purdue. who. Yeah. Terps. You got the Terps. Terps. Okay. All right. Terps. Uh, here's an interesting one, right? Jimbo Fisher, uh, um, Nick Saban, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Who you got? Bama. Okay. Bama. I'm gonna go with Bama. Roll tie. I can't. It's really hard to bet against them. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah, they, they especially in big games, it's really hard to bet against Bama. Yeah. All right, so let's go uh, Cowboys versus Rams, NFL. We're switching to the NFL. Cowboys versus Rams. Well, listen, being from the area, I still hate and despise <laughs> the Cowboys fans. Uh, and so the and the organization – so I will always vote for the Rams. I'll vote. I'll root for anybody opposite the Cowboys. You know how that goes. I like do. Just, it just is what it is. People don't understand that. I'll be like, you don't understand. Like it's it starts back with Drew Pearson. Like it starts all the way back with that. That's how long I've been like you know anti-Cowboys. And then the the other NFL games, the game I'm going to be at: Titans versus the Commanders. I mean, after all you said, after all we talked about, now you, all we talked about early on in this in this conversation, yeah. Cowboys. I mean, um, uh, uh, Commanders versus Titans. I'm I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I know, right? I think they'll pull this one. I think Commanders will pull this one out. Um, you know, uh, I, I do. I think that if they can stop Derrick Henry, they can pull this one out. Um, you know, and again, look, I don't wish I don't wish any ill will upon the upon the franchise in terms of a losing record or anything like that. I think, again, a lot of the bigger issues that surround the franchise have nothing to do with winning or losing. So, um, you know, I, I still root for them, at, you know, to win, but I definitely don't. It doesn't ruin my week when they don't. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, couple of HBCU football games. This this rivalry goes way back. Morehouse and Tuskegee. I think this is like the 90th, you know, meeting. And this game's gonna be in Birmingham. It's a neutral site game. Two prestigious HBCUs. Who you got, okay. Morehouse or Tuskegee? I got I got a roll with the house, man. I got a roll with Morehouse. Um, I got too many friends who went there. Uh, <laughs> I, I just do. I got too many friends who went to Morehouse, and you know they're really good people, good fathers. So I'm a, I'm gonna stand by Morehouse on this one. Yeah, have you have you worked with either John David Washington, Spike Lee? Uh, have you worked with them as of yet? Yeah, I worked with Spike Lee okay. on uh, on uh, Miracle at Saint Anna. Oh, that's right. I just saw him recently uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, outside of the you know the Forty Acres office, and it was incredible. And then uh, my my one of my best friends, Steve Mann, who's in Africa right now shooting uh, Shaka Zulu, he went to he went to Morehouse, and it's just it the list just goes on and on. Yeah, Steve's a good dude. Had him on this show. I think he was in your class. I believe it. I believe. Yeah, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, and then of course Samuel Jackson went to Morehouse too. Last yep. game, big game, FAMU 
Florida A&M versus South Carolina State. Now, now, little, little background. You know, South Carolina State's the defending HBCU national champs. I think, as you know that. Uh, yeah. Maybe one in three right now. FAMU is three and two on the season. Again, I told you I was going to bet with my heart, right? I was going to bet with my heart. So, uh, Will Packer, who's a good, very dear friend of mine, went to FAMU and uh, is, a, is a big alum at FAMU. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, you got to love that about him. And I'm, I'm going to go with FAMU on this one. I'm going to go with FAMU on this one because I think, uh, again, I'm just betting with my heart. <laughs> it doesn't have, have to make sense when you're betting with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Well, again, the new project is Reasonable Doubt. It's on Hulu. You got anything else you're, you're, uh, you have upcoming or working on? Um, no, not 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 in the next uh, couple of months. So you know, we'll see about next year. But yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good year. I had a lot of stuff come out this year. I'm very proud of this year. Yes, you have. You you continue to stay busy. Reasonable doubt on Hulu. Check it out. One of the stars. You see him right there. Michael Ely joins us here on Radio Boss and Box to Row. Michael, great to catch up with you again, man. Continue success in all you do. My man, I appreciate you, brother. I, I will uh, hopefully see you the next time I'm in town. Your reaction to anything Michael Ely had to say? What about his picks? Did you like the picks? He went with the Rams over the Cowboys. He went with the Commanders over the Titans. He went with Alabama over Texas A&M. He went with Maryland over Purdue. He went with Morehouse over Tuskegee. And he went with FAMU over South Carolina State. Hit us up with your thoughts on Twitter, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. All right, let's get to it. We've got two HBCU National Games of the Week. We're going to start with the matchup. Bowie State is at Virginia State. Now, we know Bowie State, the defending CIAA champions three times over. Right now, however, Bowie State is 3-2 and two on the season. When you look at Virginia State and you look at the Trojans, Overall, the Trojans so far 4-1 and 
on the season, really making some noise. Lost the first game of the season to Lenore Ryan has won four straight games since. You have two new head coaches, Kyle Jackson, formerly the 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 recruiting coordinator uh, and, and assistant coach at Bowie State, takes over the reins for Damon Wilson. Meanwhile, uh, you have Dr. Henry Frazier, who was also an assistant coach at Bowie State on last year. Now, the head football coach at Fort Valley State. So this promises to be a good one because both of these teams know each other. You look at Virginia State on last week. Virginia State had to really eke out a win last week against Shaw. Scored with 12 seconds remaining to get that victory. If you remember when Bowie State and Shaw played, Shaw won that football game. I mean, that doesn't, you know, that's not, that's not, that doesn't, you know, that's not the end-all be-all. doesn't mean that, you know, that uh, that Virginia State is going to uh, lose uh, or going to beat Bowie State. If you look at Virginia State's schedule, okay, lost to Lenore Ryan, beat Bluefield State, who's up and coming, but that's a game that, that you know, no doubt the Trojans should win. Beat St. Augs, that's a game that the Trojans should win. Beat Livingstone, that's a game that the Trojans should win. And then beat Shaw, that's not a game. I, I, I mean, if, if I... You know, that game could have gone either way, and it did, in fact, go to Virginia State. So when I look at Virginia State uh, right now, I mean, Virginia State is scoring some points and holding opponents to less than 17 points a game. That's A, but again, I mean, you know, Virginia State is definitely getting it done. Virginia State really likes to run the football. I think in the uh, in the in the quarterback department, Virginia State is decent. Is better than decent. I shouldn't say that. Virginia State is solid in the quarterback department. And then when I look at the defense, very good defensively, especially against the run. So that's where Virginia State definitely excels. When I look at Virginia State's offense, Darius Hagens has had a nice season. He's averaging six yards per carry. He's got 500, almost 600 yards rushing on the season in five football games uh, you, you know and then you look at Upton Bailey you know he's getting it done at 6.3 yards per carry so when you look at that that running game it's very very good then I look at Jordan Davis uh, the quarterback I mean he's not completing a high percentage at 57 percent but he does have you know six touchdowns to two interceptions on the season and like I said he's doing an adequate enough job when I look at this Bowie State defense Okay, Bowie State's defense has been good. Maybe, I mean, you know, it's been it's been good. It's been a good defense. Um, I look at a couple of different things uh, when I look at Bowie State from a defensive perspective. A, Bowie State likes to stop the run as well. Bowie State is really good against the run and is solid, no question about that, um, against the pass. I look at this Bowie State defense and it and you know Joshua Pryor is out there making plays we've been talking about Joshua Pryor now for what four years he's been really really good he was an HBCU All-American in his freshman year um his his this is the thing he's getting double teamed a lot uh, this year but I think when I look at the Bowie State defense as a whole um I think it is very very solid then when I look at Bowie State from an offensive uh, perspective, like right, like this is not, 
you know, the Bowie State offenses that we've seen in years past, but I do like the quarterback in Dion Golot Jr. Now, this is a kid that transferred in. Um, one of the concerns I have is he's throwing a high number of interceptions on the season. So far, he's got six interceptions, but he has thrown 10 touchdowns. He is completing 65% of his passes. You know, I look at the Bowie State rushing attack is solid as well, but this isn't the the the, the Bowie State offenses that we've seen certainly in years past. When I go and look at the Virginia State defense, Virginia State is very tough from a defensive perspective. It's a defense that's going to look to stop the run first, no doubt about it. It is solid against the pass, and it's a it's it's an all it's an really a defense that gets after the quarterback really gets after the quarterback has a lot of tackles for loss and when I look at this Virginia State defense so all of that to say and and I think you can look on all of these things but this is sort of a this is a big game because the winner of this game is still in the race for the Northern Division crown in the CIAA I think the loser is is out pretty much right because Virginia Union is playing well so the loser of this game would now have one loss in the Northern Division with the way that Virginia Union is playing. I just think that this game, uh, if you whoever loses this game, will be out. You look at the, we, we talked about the matchups with offense and defense for both teams. I think you really have to factor in the coaching, right? Both of these coaches know each other very, very well, okay? And I think that's going to be a big factor in this football game. I actually like, Virginia State a little bit better um, in this football game. Uh, I like the fact that Virginia State does a better job of protecting uh, the football. is opportunistic. And so I'm going to go with Virginia State over Bowie State in Petersburg. This is a home game for Virginia State. The other HBCU national game of the week, Florida A&M and South Carolina State. This game is in Orangeburg. South Carolina, it's a rivalry game. It's an old MEAC game. So when I look at South Carolina State, I, I, you know, yes, South Carolina State got off to the slow start on last year. Slow start this year, one and three, tough schedule. South Carolina, the loss last Thursday, the loss to UCF, the loss to A&T, a win over Bethune-Cookman. It's, it's been a tough schedule, no doubt, for South Carolina State. Um, that said, I don't I, I don't like what I'm I'm seeing uh, per se from South Carolina State. It just looks a little bit different. I had a chance to call that game against A&T. And while A&T is a, is a solid team, I mean, I just thought South Carolina State on, pa- on paper, you know, probably was the better team, I thought, coming into that football game. Um, but Corey Fields just hasn't gotten it done uh, from a, a, a quarterback perspective. And if you looked in the box score from the loss against South Carolina, Tyrese Nick played in that game. Now I, you know, I've seen Ty, I've seen both of these guys play. I, Corey Fields played better in the A&T game than he had played overall. But I thought that we may see Tyrese Nick play. Now I don't know all of the parameters behind Tyrese Nick playing against South Carolina. Maybe. You know, but but I but I'll tell you what. If I look at the numbers from the South Carolina game, they weren't good with respect to Corey Fields. Okay, the running game hasn't really gotten it going. Kendrell Flowers was out due to concussion protocol against North Carolina A and T. 
But if I look at that South Carolina State defense, I mean, they had two interceptions against South Carolina. And uh, I'm going to tell you, B.J. Davis is the real deal. Again, you make, a lot of these South Carolina State kids make their names against uh, FBS programs and big FBS programs. And I think we already knew who B.J. Davis was, but he had a really good football game against South Carolina. He had a fumble, either a fumble recovery or a forced fumble in the game. He had like six solo tackles. Uh, you know, he, that guy can play and he's all over the field. And I really like his play. When I look at Florida A&M as a whole, and let's start with the def- the offense. Jeremy Musa, solid. Listen, Florida A&M did what it was supposed to do against Mississippi Valley State. It's been on a bit of a roll. Florida A&M is back on a bit of a little bit of a roll right now after a slow start to the season, including that blowout loss against Jackson State. Um, Jeremy Musa, solid. Xavier Smith, the wide receiver, starting to kind of get back into the mix. He had 13 receptions, two touchdowns in the victory over Mississippi Valley State. It's a good Florida A&M defense. Isaiah Land, um, you know, he doesn't have the numbers, but that doesn't mean anything. Th- defenses or offenses are playing him a lot of a lot different. He's seen double teams. But it, remember, he had to kind of get back into the flow after missing that first game against North Carolina. So my prediction for this game, I like Florida A&M to go into Orangeburg and win the football game over South Carolina State in an old MEAC rivalry. So those are my thoughts on the HBCU National Games of the week. You can let me know what you think. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. I'm going to be at my alma mater this weekend at Morgan State in Baltimore, enjoying homecoming, the homecoming festivities. As a matter of fact, another solid game where Morgan is hosting Norfolk State. It is MEAC play. So MEAC play. Uh, get started this Saturday in, in, in some respects. Not everybody, obviously, South Carolina State and Florida A&M is a non-conference game. But, again, Morgan and Norfolk going to get together looking forward to homecoming. Then the next day I'll be uh, at uh, FedEx Field watching the uh, Commanders and the Titans. I got to get ready to run here on Box to Road. I don't want you to forget about we've got – a, a project, again, I've been talking about this for the last couple of months or so that we're working on called, called Radio Boss, excuse me, called Radio Boss. And uh, it's an opportunity uh, for you to listen to uh, or some of our conversations over the years uh, and more recently with some of our, uh, some of our uh, actors, actresses, uh, rock stars, etc. And you can listen to those interviews on our web, or there's conversations, conversations, I should say, on our website, radio-boss.com, radio-boss.com. I invite you to check it out. Thank you to Michael Ely for joining us today here on Box to Row for the HBCU polls, whether that's the coaches poll, media poll, or the Division II coach, HBCU coaches poll, right, for the players of the week, right? You can log on to our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support. Yo, Box to Row is produced 
by DW Communications.